Because of the decentralized nature of water planning in Colorado, there has really been kind of a social structure that has come from the ground up where that's the expectation for how we do water conversations and water planning in the state. Welcome back for some more bonus content from Water Under Pressure, a podcast about the increasing demands on water in Colorado and how the choices we make now could tear us apart or help us to navigate our uncertain future. I'm your host, Kristen Uhlenbrock. In this episode, we're talking about the Colorado Water Plan, an influential framework and collaborative process guiding our water planning in the state. I talked about the water plan during the season, but at the time, the second update was still being finalized and had not been released. Luckily, our team had the chance to attend the rollout of the water plan this past January. And I also had the opportunity to sit down with Lauren Riss, Deputy Director of the Colorado Water Conservation Board. The CWCB represents each major water basin in the state and other state agencies in a joint effort to use water wisely. They protect Colorado's water for future generations. CWCB is the agency that approved the Colorado Water Plan. I talked with Lauren to learn more about how this plan came together and its importance to our state. The Water Plan is really a strategy document for how we can collaboratively, as citizens of Colorado, meet our future water supply challenges. This is the first update to the original 2015 Colorado Water Plan. This document evokes hope and caution as the scarcity of water looms over our state. It's a guide for bringing people together and prioritizing water projects across Colorado that deliver the most benefit. It's organized by four different categories, vibrant communities, robust agriculture, thriving watersheds, and resilient planning. And within each of those categories, we have different actions that the agency is committed to taking at the Colorado Water Conservation Board, other sister agencies around Colorado. And then we have roughly 50 agencies that you know, we would encourage our partners across the state of Colorado to take. So that can be local governments, uh, utilities, ag operators, nonprofits that we can all take together to, to really collaboratively work on being more resilient when it comes to water supply planning around the state. I mean, we, of course, here we're here to celebrate the water plan, which is an amazing accomplishment just because of the action that we're asking the community to take to invest in our future, essentially. That was Robert Sakata, a member of the Colorado Water Conservation Board and a farmer from the South Platte. We had the chance to talk with him and others at the rollout of the Colorado Water Plan in January. Hundreds of people from all over the state gathered at a local brewery in Denver. The enthusiasm and buzz were electric. A sense of accomplishment and even some caution floated through the room as people reflected on a process that took many years to complete. I'm feeling so good about the plan. My name is Heather Dutton. I am a board member on the Colorado Water Conservation Board. You may remember Heather from episodes one and two. She is also the manager of the San Luis Valley Water Conservation District. 
And today we had the exciting outcome of approving the 2023 Colorado Water Plan. It's been seven years in the making and we are so thrilled with this plan because it's, it's different than anything we've ever done. It has more of a call to action, recognizing that water is people. And so we wanna bring people together. We wanna empower people from different areas in the state and different communities to be involved. And we want to take action to lead, lead to water resiliency. And that's, that's what this plan highlights. And so I'm thrilled. Very positive, upbeat, optimistic. I think well done, but feels unrealistic. This is Steve McCulloch. He's a board member of the Cottonwood Water and Sanitation District located in the town of Parker in Douglas County, a fast-growing suburb south of Denver. I mean, where I am in Parker, you know, they're pumping water, and a lot of it comes from pump water, and then what happens after that runs out feels like it's, well, it's going to be by and dry. So, it, 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 you know, the, the things the water plant tries to avoid feels like the water's all taken up. So, yeah, you have all these competing demands and the population keeps growing, development keeps growing, and the climate's changing. Where's it coming from? Competing demands, interest, and priorities can be a hard thing to reconcile. And then balancing all of these while facing a dwindling resource? That's difficult. And that's why Colorado's approach to building the plan from the community level up has stronger buy-in than most government-led processes. Stakeholder and community engagement are critical components in developing this plan. So are the data and technical information and modeling. This is Lauren Riss again. The foundation of the water plan is based on what we call a, a technical update, which really looks at all of the drivers around the state of Colorado as it relates to water supply. So it takes into account the demographic changes that are happening, climate scenario projections, the, the demands in all of the different sectors, including agriculture, municipal water needs, and then kind of put together different planning scenarios for water supply gaps we might experience going into the future. And so based on that information that was very technical, you know, driven by a lot of models, we, we then started the policy conversation with stakeholders around the state of Colorado. We had listening sessions and workshops and really asked people, what do you want to see in this next update? What's important to you? How should we organize it? How should we think about approaching this challenge? We received about 2,000 pieces of individual recommendations. Our staff visited all 64 counties. We had really an uncountable number of conversations with stakeholders around the state, both through roundtables, through town halls, through you know public events that, that we put on or that we joined in local communities. And then we received you know written comments. So of the 2,000 individual suggestions that we received, we took about 60%. There were certain things that 
that we receive from the comment process that, that we're, we're just outside of our scope. I think it's really important to understand that in the state of Colorado, our water planning process is really localized. So as a state agency within Colorado state government, we don't own or operate water projects. So we really rely on local input. And so the social infrastructure for water supply planning in Colorado takes place through what are called basin roundtables. And those are stakeholder groups. There's one for each major river basin in the state of Colorado, and then there's a separate one for Metro Denver. Those are forums where people from those communities can come in and talk about what the needs are. Each basin has their own strategy document that identifies the challenges and uh, projects to meet the water supply challenges in that basin. And so this, the state water plan then took all of those basin implementation plans and rolled it up into a statewide document. So I would say, you know, really the, the foundation, the backbone of the Colorado water plan is these locally driven basin implementation plans. The basin implementation plans are eight smaller tailored water plans for each major river basin in Colorado, plus the Denver metro area. These basin roundtables allow more people to engage in the process locally. But making sure your voice is heard can be time consuming. Here's Robert Sakata again. I'm a farmer, so when I go to a basin roundtable meeting, nobody's paying me to be there. You know, if, like the municipalities, if they're sending somebody, they're actually paying that person to go to the roundtable meeting. And so to encourage people like myself to take the time away from their families or, or you're not, not being paid for that, um, there's gonna, it's going to be a different process. We can't expect them to be at every base roundtable meeting. I made this t-shirt that has BRE on it. And what BRE stands for is Basin Roundtable Enthusiast. And then on the back, I have the picture of the state with all the different basins. Because even for myself, I try to join each of the roundtables, even though I'm the CWCB member from the South Platte, I would still see myself as representing all of Colorado. What stands out in the updated plan is a different approach to thinking about water. Everything from small wins to broad systems thinking. I think maybe one of the newer concepts that's in this water plan is called a one water ethic. And that's really looking holistically at the system. It's incorporating things like water reuse, which is relatively a new concept for the United States, frankly. It's incorporating things like gray water and non-potable reuse. And how do we create innovations and further the technology that exists right now. And then there's also a public perception issue, convincing the public that that's actually safe. There are also fairly simple things like how can we help our utilities around the state of Colorado to make sure that they're detecting water loss within their system? Just kind of basic plumbing challenges. Is the infrastructure leaky? There's a real um, emphasis in this water plan around transformational landscape and making sure that we're using our water in outdoor irrigation in a way that makes the most sense given the climate that we live in. There's, I think, a, a new interest in Colorado at removing non-functional turf. Things like bluegrass in medians where, you know, the only time someone walks on it is to mow it. Is that really the best use of our water in the state of Colorado? Our agency thinks it's very important to do everything we can. Um, 
because we are, you know, at the top of the Colorado River Basin, we really rely on what Mother Nature provides us in terms of precipitation. We don't have a large reservoir that we can just draw on. Our reservoir is our snowpack. And so I think while we all recognize that outdoor irrigation and, you know, making wise landscape decisions is so critically important, it's not enough. But it really takes every piece in the puzzle. It takes making sure that we have smart storage available, smart infrastructure, that we are being as efficient as we can with our agricultural operations in the state of Colorado and conservation. This update is the first time that climate change projections have been incorporated into the modeling, which I think is exciting and necessary, just given kind of where we are. So that's an important change. The other is that this water plan is very action-oriented. So we were very conscious about wanting to develop a plan that had very clear actions and commitments behind them. And so every action that is in the plan that is to be accomplished by a state agency has the commitment of that state agency. That wasn't the case necessarily in the previous water plan. There was a lot of ambiguity around who was going to do what by when. Every drop matters. And each drop should be considered part of a whole system. That's why a statewide approach to solving our water issues, while not perfect, is so important. And I think the thing that I'm optimistic about is that, you know, I think the the Western culture, the Western ethic here that we have in Colorado is that we know how to tackle hard problems. There are a lot of really smart people that are working on these issues. And I'm not sure that we can innovate our way out of it. But I think with all of the tools that we have at our disposal, we can really, I think, come to some some good solutions that allow us to be resilient going into the future. But it really does take everybody doing their part. And I think that's the main theme of the water plan. Thanks for listening to this short bonus clip. If you want to learn more about the Colorado Water Plan, check out some of the resources on the website at waterunderpressure.org. Water Under Pressure is a production of the Institute for Science and Policy at the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. This bonus episode is hosted and written by me, Kristen Uhlenbrock, and producer Trisha Waddell. Sound design by Jesse Boynton. Our theme music is by Alex Paul of Birds of Play. Thanks to Nicole Delaney and Kate Long. For a full list of credits, check out the show notes. For more information and additional resources on water in the San Luis Valley and greater Colorado, please visit waterunderpressure.org. If you have learned something new from this show, please tell us and rate and review Water Under Pressure wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for subscribing and sharing the podcast with others. 